This aberration, whose only means of expression are wanton violence and destruction. that within every normal system there exists an aberration, something different. This weird aberration society. Welcome back to Mutual Aberration Society. Uh, I'm Ryan Jackson, and uh, today I'm going to be discussing a 2015 uh, documentary uh, called Field Niggas. Um, And it's a great documentary. It's one that I really feel is uh, powerful because uh, it, it depicts, um, I feel like, a side of society that typically doesn't get light sh- shined on it. And when it does, it's very judgmental, right? It's not, uh, it's not, it's, it's usually, it usually feels like poverty porn. Um, and I don't feel like Field Niggas is that type of documentary whatsoever. And um, I have a guest on and I will allow my guest to give his own introduction, but, um, I feel like, I feel like the reason I wanted to have David on, um, is because I feel like for one, I wanted to have David on for a minute and we were going to talk about another movie, but, uh, we called the last minute audible. And this just felt like, this just felt like good territory to tread upon with David. So David Simmons, um, Tell the people of the podcast uh, who you are. Uh, what up, y'all? My name is David Simmons. I'm a, I'm a writer from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, just put out a book through Broken River Books called Ghosts of East Baltimore. Great book. Great book. That, that's, thank you, man. That, that's who I am. That's, that's what it is. Other than that, I mean, I love my wife. I love my daughter. And I keep it gangster all the time. That's that's me. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, how can you not uh how can you not feel that? <laughs> uh so um have you ever heard of this documentary or uh Khalik Allah before before this uh episode? No, no, I hadn't. I hadn't. I went into it blind. Um, but after you showed it to me and I finished watching it, I read some articles, some posts on Reddit and stuff about it. Yeah. what people saying so initially right i don't know about you uh but when i first started this i seen this documentary i think it was during the pandemic i first watched this documentary i mean i mean i guess technically it's still the pandemic but but it's over <laughs> uh right but 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 it's not uh but when i first saw this documentary um there was something about it uh that struck me as like Cause, cause, cause to be a hundred, like when I see shit like this, I'm always skeptical. You know what I mean? Like you had, you had to be right. Right. And, and, and so when I first, first I saw the title, you know, and I was like, all right, it's called field niggas. All right. Okay. So who made this? You know, that's the first question I had to ask. Right. And then, uh, and then when I started looking into it and then I just watched it, uh, as, as, as I started to really let it wash over me, cause I do feel like this is the type of, uh, uh, film that kind of like washes over you. Uh, it just felt like, okay, yeah, this is some shit that like I don't, I don't see ever. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is some shit I see in real life. Like, this is some shit that, like, I see, like, fairly frequently, depending upon where you at and where you, what kind of community you live in. Like, this isn't, like, something that, like, and I get it. Like, for, for outside people, for people who aren't familiar necessarily with, with, with like, street people or, like, people who, who grow up in a certain socioeconomic bracket, right? This may seem like some kind of, like, safari or some shit, right? Like, for them. It's like they're, like, visitors and tourists in this shit, right? Um, right. And that's probably why documentaries that sort of traffic in this kind of thing make me sort of feel a little weird. Right. Uh, mm. But when this shit started and I got to see sort of like the up close and personal way that like these people are kind of shown and depicted. And then I got to see, oh, like the guy shooting it is like. He's from there, like he's he's he, the people know him, you know, what I'm saying? like and that's very clear once that once I got that sense, it, I just it really was all good from there for me. Like, what about, what about you? Did you kind of feel like, you know, what the fuck is this? Like, did you have any apprehensions once this, once this shit started? Well, I'm, I mean, but I, I follow what you do. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew it wasn't going to be no fuck shit. Exploring. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I knew that already. Cause like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not from this literary world, you know yeah, what I'm talking about? Yeah do is talk to my guys who ain't from it either but have had more Precious. success in that Precious. world than yeah, yeah. I'm already asking him I'm already asking him yo why are they sending why are you sending me a movie to watch with that name on it you right, feel me? right 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 yeah 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 but that's what I'm I'm thinking about I'm not thinking whether the movie is exploited mm-hmm. Is that is that the word exploited? exploited yeah, that that's the word. Yeah, that works. That's one of them. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He, he, that like a poverty safari, a poverty aesthetic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. um, I knew it wasn't gonna be that when you sent it to me. Right. So then, as I'm watching it, I mean, the dude, the Olive, right? The dude, the dude who doing the joint, he mm-hmm. a hardcore five percenter. Yeah. Like when you talking, yeah. like he yeah. popping left and right all yeah. that all that god body shit got niggas and her shit like mm-hmm. and so like that's his people because like that's harlem and shit like right. that I mean, so he in the mix like and a lot of a lot of them they they telling him as he filming them they like um you, you know we fuck with what you're doing that's why we letting you do this so even the people are are, are getting confirmation of that yeah yeah no, I was going to say, yeah, you're right. And that's the thing that really because because truthfully, right, most people couldn't make this like unless you right. like they're not going to let you be down there on 125th and Linux, especially then in 2015. I mean, even now, to a certain extent, there's certain areas that you just you ain't going to be allowed in. You know what I mean? Like they're not just going to let you walk up to him with a camera. And like he's coming from the standpoint of being from New York City and being a, a street photographer. Right. And so, like, people just around there know him, you know. And like you said, he is he does. He, he is a five percenter. And that's a big aspect right. to sort of, you know, he's, he's he's definitely talks about knowledge itself. He definitely uh, 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 through the whole through the whole documentary, you know, you get flavor that you get flavors of that. He's really kind of like talking to people, even even some of the most interesting parts of the documentary are sort of like when he's talking to other 
other guys, right? And other guys who who are also sort of five percenters, but like are on the streets and sort of like the one dude, there's a one old head dude that he's talking to who's like, yeah, you got knowledge yourself, but why are you out here? You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and he's sort of like saying like, I like he says something about like, I fell in love with alcohol or some shit. And it's just yeah. really like, it's just really, I don't know. It's like bittersweet kind of. Cause you like, you're looking at this dude, like, like, damn, but you know, motherfuckers like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. people like that. And, and that's, that's what I got uh, mm. from this documentary was just like I know so many fucking people like this. And this is these are the people that you don't see depicted in film at all. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like even when you get documentaries, uh there's a layer of like artificialness in most documentaries where people know they on camera and so therefore they kind of are performative. And I feel like he was so close, he's so close to this that you get less of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I do think that there's some people that you, you they put the camera on and they get excited, right? But he's right. so close and they have a level of comfort with him that's so, you know, comfortable that they kind of like don't, you get a realer sense of who they are. Like, oh, like this isn't really, yeah, maybe they're playing it up a little bit because they, you know, people do that. Oh, take a pick, you know, whatever. But you kind of get the sense like, no, he's just out there roaming. He's out there roaming, catching, capturing shit. So you're really getting a clearer sense of like these people and sort of their humanity. You know what I mean? Were there yeah. any, were there any moments like that stuck out to you? Because this is not this is the thing about this movie. It's not really a narrative. It's not a narrative. Right. You know what I mean? There's no story as opposed to it is like a. A documentary sort of. An actual it puts the documentation in documentary <laughs> because it's like this is a living document, you know, it's not it's not like, oh, this has a beginning, middle end. I mean, he does kind of sum it up at the end with his own little uh, which is, again, more five percent uh, sort of. Philosophy, if you want to call it that, right, where he says, you know, like. I don't I don't judge any of this, like I don't you know, what I'm saying I look at this as just this is this is nothing like, you know, I'm, I'm, I've transcended this. Like, I know sort of the history. I know the history of like not only humans, but of like black people and how, you know, and he's spitting all that God body shit. Right. But right. that is a good way for him to sort of put a button on the whole movie, which is sort of like this idea of being sort of like I'm presenting this world to you as it is with no judgment. Even the cops that I depict, like I'm just showing you who they are. I'm not like. I'm not putting anything extra on it. You know, I, I, or were there any moments like, are any, any people in specifically, cause there's a lot of people in this, in this, this documentary that I felt like, obviously he's got an eye, right? He's got an eye for faces, right? So there's a lot of memorable faces, but there's just a lot of memorable people who are sort of, I don't even want to call them characters. Cause I feel like that's like, that's like uh, almost diminishing them. Right. Like, cause they're not characters. They're actual people, but they are memorable. Like, I don't know. Like, are there any that you sort of saw and sort of like immediately like come? You recollect like, oh, like this, this, this motherfucker is like somebody that like stuck out or or really resonated on some level. Like, in this. Yo, there's a there's a dude in there. Um, 
who I guess he was, is, I don't know how it worked with their organization, but he got the 5% of knowledge, right? Because mm-hmm. they're calling each other. God. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're doing that, right? But at the same time, he's not giving a, a, a female her ID, right? He's got, like, her ID and his yeah. shit. You yeah. know what I mean? And, like, that conversation and the thing is for for the people in their in their elite like removed world that don't know it like that incident happens every single day like where i be at like a stupid <laughs> ass argument between some fiends you feel me about yeah, a yeah. don't neither of them have right, right. like that always happens somebody got somebody <laughs> id for what what you gonna buy what you buying with your idea? Why you need it? So that, yeah. but that argument and the way he went from his five percenter language to his street disrespect of the woman, like, like, but that at the same time he was in front of another five percenter, the director. So he wasn't calling all types and crazy names. You feel me? Yeah. He was, he was like, he's a non. you called a non cipher because. <laughs> they they people they in the cipher you feel yeah, me yeah 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 <laughs> that's cipher activity because he was trying to bite his son in front of the other god body and yeah. um that stood out to me Brian and the reason it stood out to me is because the, the thing about drugs right mm-hmm. is like junkie behavior can interrupt religion gangs faith anything that and and, and it that's how it be and that and that was real to me. That wasn't exploiting them people. That was real. That's how you could believe something and die by that shit. But when that drug get in you, man, all that shit go out the door. Yeah, it's facts. And and that moment, that moment, you're right, though. That is a moment that you do uh, and that you see a lot out there. Just if you just out. Right. Especially if you're around drug addicts and, 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 and shit like it's like that switch that flips you know what i'm saying like on both of them really right because you see him sort of trying to have this discussion with his fellow fucking five percent nation (laughs) brother and then she's like uh well i forget exactly what she says but she says something like don't you she says something don't don't try to act gangster out here some she says something like that right like like basically just shitting on him right like in front of him and you just kind of like over here, like his kind of like attempt to not only check her, but right. like, like you said, like just completely, like you know, he's like holding back, right? Like, you know, like this, this, this dude is like, I want to go clean the fuck off on you right now. Right, but he can't. But, but I can't. I got to maintain some level of like. <laughs> body, and that guy body's saying shit to her like, peace, sister, peace, sister. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That shit what stood out to me. You know what else stood out to me, man? You know, I look, man, I know about K2 from the prison system, mm-hmm. but but I ain't know they was doing it in the streets as recent as 2015. Like that's wild. Yeah, and this is a this is a good like moment frozen in time because now with with like weed is legal in New York now. So like this is right before that 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 that, that was during that small pocket of time where like K two was a thing for real in the streets in New York City like was smoking K two 
like flipping the fuck out doing K2. Like now, I guess it since they let you, it ain't that ain't a thing anymore, which is good. I guess it's a good thing. You know what I mean? Because well, don't know, don't nobody really know what the fuck's in K2, dog. It, it, like you Brian, don't really. Brian, let me tell you. Brian, <laughs> Brian, mixing extreme situations mm-hmm. with a synthetic cannabinoid. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. K2. Man, it, it's like Flocka, man. It's like one of the worst drugs that's out there. That's just, I've seen people go straight zombie off that motherfucker. Like, it's yeah. the worst. And the people use it to stay off piss tests, stay out of the prisons and shit like that, stay off violating parole. But they was out there in the street just smoking that shit freely. That stood out to me. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, you know, it's funny. The first time I ever went to New York City, uh, I was walking down i was in brooklyn and like uh i was walking down the block and like i remember this is this is this is way before 2015 but i remember a dude was sitting out in the street on a crate in front of a store and he was smoking he was just like he had a whole joint and was just smoking the weed out in public and i thought that was wild i'm like this is broad day it's new york city and he's got weed it ain't it ain't k2 it was weed this is pre-k2 era and I was just like, to see sort of this movie where people are like, yeah, we 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 getting locked up for doing this now too. It's crazy. Like, why the fuck would you? I mean, I guess they kept pointing out, right? That like we can get this at the store. Like, why why are y'all locking us up for smoking some shit we can buy at the store? That's and I just crazy. think about that dude who was just like, nah, fuck it, I'm smoking weed in public. <laughs> like, you know, before right, it was get, legal. You know. You that, that motherfucker said that same person you talking about. They said, um, and they own they don't put it in their neighborhoods, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some real shit, bro. Back in the day, you can't buy that shit out the gas station in the suburbs, like in the counties surrounding Baltimore City. Mm-hmm. You can't buy the Owings Mills, the Pikesville, the Towson. You can't buy it in those areas. They but they sold them at the gas stations in the hood always. Yeah. So. If you was like a, a county boy, you, you know, you want to get that K2 shit, you had to go into the city. And, mm-hmm. and man, people need to know that shit, man. Movies like this are important. Facts. He's got he's got a few other movies like he's got a um, he's got this other movie called uh, what is it? I Walk on Water. I still haven't seen it yet. I'm trying to track it down, but it, it's a longer one. It's like 200 minutes or something. Um, then he's got a short. I think it's on uh, Vimeo called Urban Rashomon, where it's about this. Apparently, he's following this uh, one specific like houseless person like out in the streets. And it's like 20 minutes. I heard that's good. And he's got another one called like Black Mother. I'm trying to track a lot of his stuff down because, like I said, I saw this initially and I was really I was really uh, taken by it. But I really need to watching this again to talk about it with you made me think, yo, I really need to check out the rest of this dude's work uh because like you said like it's i feel like uh every now and then like you get somebody you know and i i, I guess i can bracket I, I would put you in this category as a, as a writer yourself as you get somebody that's really from the mud you know what i'm saying like for lack of a for lack of a better word right somebody that's really from the the the, the places that they depict too many times um, and again, like, and I know I've had this discussion and this is a discussion that is endless and always, it always will go on. Right. When it comes to art, when it comes to writing, when it comes to any sort of like 
expression and people telling stories, narratives or whatever, it, there's always the discussion of like, okay, like who is this person telling this story? And I do fall, I fall on a, on one side of the fence about it, which is, okay, as, as an artist, as someone making up things or telling a story, I feel like you're allowed to do whatever you want, right? For sure. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit there and try to like gatekeep shit or tell people what they can and can't do. But there is something to be said, uh, or, or there's at least, there is at least questions that should be asked of certain people right when they continuously tell a certain type of story about a certain type of people you know what i mean or it's like okay like you continuously we i think it was don winslow was was who david was criticizing once uh shout out to david osborne um and i read don winslow but i do kind of agree with him about like his obsession with the border you know or it's like okay why are you always telling these stories about the border and the cartels and you really you're not really from like that's your bread and butter so it's in a way it's like yeah you're depicting a world right but you're also you're also profiting off of that you know what i'm saying so it's like while yeah you can tell whatever story you want you're still gonna get the smoke <laughs> you know what i'm saying from people from people thinking like why are you profiting off of that like why are you continuously profiting off of a, a world and a community that you have no attachment to whatsoever right mm -hmm. uh and i feel like it's cool when you see uh a filmmaker photographer artist like like this man doing some shit about his community the world he comes from and it's from a place of like not it's it's not only from a place of of putting people you know putting putting the sort of unseen in front of eyes in front of the eyes of people who typically don't you know, have any knowledge of these people or their lives in any sort of real intimate way, but also uh, telling that story from a place that's like, like we were saying before, not exploitive. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like from a place of like love, like you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he probably has his own sort of like love hate relationship from where he's from. Like as I'm sure you do as from being from Baltimore, you know what I mean? But, but you have the permission so to speak, whether you have to ask for the permission or not is another conversation altogether when it comes to art, too. But that's what this podcast is for, really, is to talk about all kind of shit like that. Right. But but, you know. It always I always fuck with people who sort of come from. Uh, real places and who don't typically have the opportunities given to them on a fucking platter. You know what I'm saying? Because I do feel like we don't live in that era anymore. Like, you know, that I don't feel like we ever really lived in that era. But but I do feel like it's different now. Like, I feel like specifically when it comes to art and like media and all that, all that kind of shit, it's the world is now kind of that world specifically. Let me say not the world, but that world specifically is dominated by a lot of like rich kids and like you know what I mean? And kids who come from like families that, 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 that are connected. Right. And they're telling these stories that they really have. I, I feel like the stories are reflective of, of where these people are from and how these people think. Now, that being said, again, 
I know that's a generalization, right? But because there are some people who do come from like who grew up with money, who do create interesting shit. You know what I mean? That that I would say they're those are the exception, though. They're not the rule. Uh, I'll let you speak on that uh, because I feel like. I don't know. I feel like you would have an interesting perspective being from Baltimore, being from where you're from and sort of like how you're not from like like even you mentioned you're not like from like the literary world you're very much a uh an outside voice which again that's what a podcast like mutual aberration society is about it's more about outside voices as opposed to inside voices i really don't you know care about talking to people who make shit like I never want to, you know, let's pick up. I don't ever want to talk to Stephen King, respect to Stephen King, but like, I don't, I don't really want to talk to Stephen King about anything. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll read his books from now to time. Shout out to him. But, but like, it, it, you know what I mean? It's not like, and I'm not even picking on him specifically because, you know, I know Stephen King didn't come from money. I know he, you know, he was a, a fairly poor teacher when he, when he kind of broke. Right. But I just use him as an example because he's a big name. Right. And it's like, he's been around a long time. He's been eating a long time. So uh, I really feel like he doesn't need this. Pla- he doesn't need a platform. He, he is a platform, you know, and also like I don't feel I feel like when you're that detached from the world, like I feel like your perspective is kind of. At that point, it's kind of skewed, it's skewed to the point where like, you know, like you're just a rich guy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so. So speak on on sort of uh, that, if you will, about sort of your own sort of perspective on sort of writing and just creating art and not being part of the the mach- of like that world like how does that how does that how do you feel that if is reflective and how do you feel it affects you and is it something that you embrace or is it something that you kind of like want to transcend hmm. you know um i tell you like this i mm-hmm. definitely like um I like authenticity in art. I personally wouldn't hang out with anybody or allow them around my family if they like wrote about like like that one writer, that woman who's like uh, some white lady who wrote about like a coyote smuggling like like oh coy- American Dirt, the chick that wrote American <laughs> Dirt. <laughs> I forget her name, but, but yeah. What did this? I ain't never gonna knock anybody getting their coins. Yeah. You feel? yeah. So yeah. if go get your money, and if you if you exploit something and and get everybody to buy them books, dumbass people to buy them books, bro. Yeah. I, more power to you, man. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna read it. But go right. get your bag. You feel me? Now, mm. the art that I consume, I'm very um selective about it because I have to read so much work because. Some of my friends write and they're really good authors. And then I have people I like to read. So I only have a limited amount of time in my day. So I like to research them. Like, um, for instance, my, my, I would say my favorite author is Brian Evanson. Yeah. Yeah. Last and, <laughs> yeah. And if anybody has the right to write about like religious horror and cults, mm-hmm. It's that man. He got excommunicated from the Mormon. Like, you feel me? Like, yeah, he, yeah. you feel me? He said, you feel me? Like, like Kelby Losek. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like, 
I believe what he writes about because I know what's up. Like I do my research. So as far as that part, that's how I feel about that as far as what I consume. Now, as far as what I write, mm. the people I write about are like slight caricatures of actual people out there. Mm. So, you know, so if, if they have a problem with it, we could talk about it, but they don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I don't really care. Yeah. Like, yeah. I really care about how anybody, like I wrote a book called Ghosts of East Baltimore and like, I gave it to a lot of people from East Baltimore and like, I researched it with a lot of people from East Baltimore and like, I bothered my mother-in-law for like days and days and days about how Baltimore was back in the day. Like, you ask them if I if I did it wrong. Like, that's all I can. <laughs> if I put the art out, and if anybody from the place I write about yeah. says, "Oh no, no, he did it wrong," then you know what? We can talk about it and we can assess. Mm -hmm. But bro, ain't no way. And you know what? I'm gonna just say it like it is, man. Because you seen what happened on Twitter today, right? with that the interview and all that thing with that dude who did a interview and got in trouble for it like everybody mad at him oh yeah 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 i was i was i was looking at that briefly yeah some right i didn't even know what was going on i just seen like a bunch of weird people were like angry <laughs> and i didn't know but i yeah. told you like you said i'm an outsider but i'm trying mm. to get in and chase that bag you feel me so i'm yeah. trying to pay what's going on why are people angry why is everybody angry at, at at something called hobart the only hobart i know is hobart street in dc where they got <laughs> yeah you feel me so like what did you talk about like okay it's a literary magazine bet they look cool they like and then everybody mad at them so i'm like researching all this and i'm, I'm looking at it and the people who's mad like i'm looking at them they got like mfas they live in <laughs> overseas places. Yeah. Like if yeah. one of them people had a problem with like what I wrote, like what? Yeah. How you gonna tell me how to portray marginalized communities? Yeah. Motherfucker, yeah. I am a marginalized community. What yeah. is you talking Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's a big thing now where like they've learned sort of how to use other groups that they're not even part of to kind of, I don't know, like scold people, right? To sort of like try and weapon, they just, they they literally weaponize, you know, uh, people's identities, you know what I mean? In a way so that they can like silence people, get people to, you know, to basically fall in line with whatever kind of like standards or ethics that they believe they have, which honestly they really don't have a lot of ethics these people kind of switch up like the wind right like they go with it's a hive mind thing they go with whatever the accepted sort of uh, stance is that they're supposed to take they're going to take it and they're going to ride against people who don't you know who they feel aren't adhering to that right it's, it's really it's really weird because i do see it a lot like you saw it with like sarah silverman with the kanye shit right where she was like calling out um the, the the woman for not scolding Kanye the, the the what's the black woman I forget her name she was like why didn't you say something when Kanye was saying this anti-semitic and then like the whole Twitter went in on her like 
started showing pictures of her with the black face and like, why are you talking? Like, why, why the fuck is you talking? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, why are you like, I get it. Like he was speaking, uh, you feel offended as a Jewish person, like that he said that or whatever, but like, hold up. Like, why are you talking? Like why are you specifically given what you've like, given the things that we know about you, you know what I mean? Given some of the things that you've done in the past when it came to like black people. So why should we listen to you? You know what I mean? Like people are really on that type of, that type of wave like i don't know i feel like it's starting to change because i feel like a lot of people are getting tired of it but but it is really interesting and that's a that's an example that's kind of maybe a, not as good because you're talking about a a celebrity you know a woman of, of a certain group of people you know what i'm saying who identifies as with a certain group of people that she's part of may you know and i do know you're jewish uh, yourself right so that like your mo- your mom's is jewish so you you jewish you also that's black, like, but as someone who sort of like this is a good question. How do you feel about the Kanye shit? Given that you 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 are occupying both both spaces at once, how do how do you feel? Like you know what I'm saying? How you feel about that shit? Because people man, don't ask people like you know. I feel like <laughs> that shit is hilarious. <laughs> uh, are you uh, like what are you talking? And for real, let me tell you something, bro. Any Jewish people out there who's mad about that, and let me make it completely motherfucking clear. I'm a Turkish Jew. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And anybody, <laughs> but like after everything that has been done to our people <laughs> for the thousands of years, like yeah. we had every single culture and country try to exterminate us off the face of the earth, and you worried about Kanye West tweeting. Yo, right. yeah. what, what the fuck is you talking about? You gotta be tougher than that, yo. To yeah. any, I'm gonna put this message out there, Ryan. Yeah. To any young Jewish people who feel offended by what Kanye said and don't want to buy his shoes anymore or something like that, listen. Okay, you need to be tougher. Be a tough Jew like John Bernthal. He's a tough. <laughs> that's who you have to be. He's a punisher. That's how you gotta be. I'm somebody. <laughs> You gotta be tough like that, yo. Yeah, yeah. Tough. Don't be worried about what Kanye saying. Don't get up in your feelings about that. There's mm-hmm. no such thing to me like as as problematic. Like if it's problematic, I'm gonna punch you in the mouth about it. Right. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I I feel you on that. It's interesting. Like I also say this too. Like as I ask you that question, I am of the school of of thought where not everything needs a comment. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't got to comment about it at all. Like, truthfully, like, you know, not every, I feel like that's a lost uh, idea now. Like, because so much people are always weighing in on things. Some shit you don't even got to weigh in on. Like, you know, I find myself falling back from a lot of stuff now where I'm like, I'm not even going to weigh in on that shit. <laughs> like, because like, it really don't mean nothing to me. Um, It really don't mean nothing to anybody, really. It's just noise. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. it'll when it means something, you know when it means something because it'll affect your life in a real way. You know what I'm saying? And if it ain't really doing that, then most times it's just noise. You know what I'm saying? Most times it's just noise. So it's I, like, you ain't got to comment on all this shit. I don't mean to cut you. I, I, I don't comment on something unless somebody asks me a question. If you if you right. ain't noticed, I just, what I put out there is just right. Well, I, and, well, yeah, yeah, not to cut you off, but I asked you, so it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? But I'm right. just, so it's, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying David don't. I'm. I literally ask you to comment on it, but I'm saying for for people who are listening, more or less, like, feel free to not comment if you don't want to. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't always got to say something, you know? Like, you don't want to. Exactly what I'm saying. That's mm-hmm. why we're chatting with, we are having a conversation, asking questions about things. It makes sense. But you ain't got to be on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, having something to say about everything that you don't even know about with people you don't even know no. about. Like, yeah. it's mad. If somebody asks me on a podcast or an interview how I feel about something, somebody asks me at the dinner table how I feel about something, yeah. I'm going to tell them. But otherwise, I'm going to just sit there and chill, you know? And that's the thing, though. Most most of these comments are unsolicited, right? <laughs> like, nobody's asking them shit. Like, they just people just weighing in to weigh in. And it's like, sometimes it's like, bro, like, nobody even asked, so fuck it. Don't even... Don't even, you know, you ain't got to unless you really feel like you want to. If you feel like you want to, go ahead and cook. I'm not saying you can't. Obviously, everyone has a voice. People have freedom of speech. You're allowed to speak on whatever you want to. But I just like to tell people, too, like, you ain't always got to either. You know what I'm saying? Because I do feel like as a culture now, like, it just feels like so. People, I feel like people feel that the pressure somehow to, like, have an opinion on everything or take a stance and it's like no you don't really got to they don't you ain't got to do that like and i feel like if most people kind of like operated with that in their brain they wouldn't they wouldn't even delve into half of this shit like they wouldn't even be online stressing out like that's always funny when i see people like stressing out about shit going on online i'm like that lets me know like you probably too online like you know what i mean because like there's enough shit in actual like walking around in the physical form (laughs) that you got to deal with uh, Absolutely. That, that online ain't shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I'm not somebody who's going to say, you know, the internet's not real. Yeah. The internet's real. It's a thing. We all on it. Right. It's part of like, it's become part of everyone's life. So I'm not going to say it's not real, but I do say you do have control over your participation. You know, you have control over, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like what you participate in, what you, and what you don't. And if, you, if it's causing you that much stress, you really need to like, no one, can hold your hand and tell you you, you got to be able to do that yourself like you got to be able to know okay this ain't good for me at this point i need to stop engaging in all of this bullshit because it ain't doing my life no service it ain't doing nothing good for me um and i feel like a lot of people don't do that now like because you always i mean maybe 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 that's not true either though because i do feel like there i do know a lot of people as i'm sure you do uh who aren't really in on like online to that degree or this shit ain't this just the internet to them it's just like all right whatever you know what i'm saying there's a lot of people like that like my dad he don't never be on the internet like <laughs> like you don't you don't ever be on that shit you you ain't got no he ain't got no social medias nothing when you talk to him he ain't never talking about the internet hardly ever if he's talking about some shit on facebook it's because other people have told him about it you know what i'm saying it's broken through <laughs> like you know so there's plenty of people that are still like that you know that that i feel like a lot of people are like that so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is always important to sort of highlight, you know, when we talk about these these conversations, when we have these type of conversations about all of this shit, I feel like it's important to highlight that, like, yeah, but not everybody is. Like, there is a, and again, like this documentary, like, how many motherfuckers in this documentary do you think are, 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 are worried about if they're even you know, if they're even alive, this is 2015 because a lot of these people's in the streets for real, for real. So you don't know. A lot of these people may not even be here no more. Um, but do you think any of these people would be worried about like the shit going, the, the latest 
the latest uh, uh, drama on Twitter about some bullshit article or some interview. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they got real <laughs> problems. Hell, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> hell, hell no. One of the um, one of the dudes that um was on the joint in the in the um, movie. He the director was telling him, yeah, yo, I got you on my last movie, Rolling Up K2, smoking it on film, right? And he was like, where, on this one? He was like, no, it's on YouTube, right? Mm. Like, like these people, that dude was in a video and was still alive like a year or two later, I think it was, because he said 2013, so two years later, right? Yeah, he, yeah. Um, he, he hadn't watched it in two years, and he was in it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, he wouldn't. He ain't even seen the shit he's in. Like you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, for real, for real. If anybody's likely to watch it, it's if it's people who are in the in it, right? Well, these people ain't in it because that lets you know the type of people, you know, uh, that that he's documenting aren't the type of people who typically get documented, right? Like this. I think again, like I feel a lot more comfortable, uh, with a guy like, like this, kind of uh kind of bringing light to this world because i do feel like i don't know like he's doing some shit that like i don't know you are you familiar with larry clark no i i'm not sure can you tell me so so larry clark is this old pervert white dude <laughs> uh he did the, he directed the movie kids right uh the one from like the 90s with with the kids? yeah kids and yeah, yeah, yeah. He directed that movie. So Larry Clark started as a photographer. He had a like kind of like kind of the same thing as the director of Field Niggas, like kind of like burst onto the scene through his photographs, right? He had like this book called, I think it was called Oklahoma or something like I think it's something like that, right? And it was just a bunch of photos of young people, mostly young people, uh junkies. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like he had like all these these striking black and white images of you know these young people. With needles in their arms or like drugged up drugged out like in 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 trap houses and all kind of shit right like in um then he kind of like transitioned from photography into film um and you know depicting you know a lot again a lot of young people engaging like kids right young people engaging in sort of you know not only drugs but sex and all this other shit and like that's been a sort of theme throughout his all his work you know from bully his other movies to like and where is he where is he from? Um, Larry Clark. That's a good question. Where the hell is Larry Clark from? He he's I want to say he is from like he might be from Oklahoma, but I'm not quite sure. Uh, but he's always been he's like. Let's see here. Let's look it up. Larry Clark. But I feel like Kalik Allah. Um, is kind of coming from a similar. Well, not not as a person, you know what I'm saying? But but in terms of like his art, starting as a street photographer and sort of getting that notoriety and then using that to start doing films like Larry, that's a very, the same kind of uh, trajectory, at least for Larry Clark. It says that Larry Clark, uh, da, 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 he's old cause he was born in 1943, but where was he born? Let's see. He was, he was born in Oklahoma. Yeah. So yeah, he's from, he's from there. So, so it makes sense why his first book is, is, uh, is called Oklahoma or is it Tulsa? It might be called Tulsa. Yeah, his book is called Tulsa. It's a not Oklahoma, but but yeah, his first his first book of uh of, of pictures kind of like got him in 
some acclaim in the art scene and then he sort of spun that into a film a sort of film thing and i feel like it's the same thing with this with this man uh Khalid Allah. he he started doing the street photography uh he put out a book what was the name of the book it was it's called uh what is his book his film book something souls uh which after watching this too i was like yo i need to i need to check out uh his film book that he did i mean his his photograph his photography book uh cuz cuz i did i did notice and i don't know if you noticed this i mean i don't feel like i feel like it's hard to not notice it uh, but i feel like he does have an eye right like in sort of he's capturing these people in these sort of like like this could be a this could be a different type of documentary if he didn't have that sort of photographer eye right like you know what i'm saying like this could just be like some shit with some some dude running around with a camera and just showing people in the street and it wouldn't it wouldn't have that sort of like effect that it has when you watch when you watch the way he's like composing sort of the shots right where he's got people you know whether it's you know catching people in these intimate moments you know with the close ups and and the fucking and sort of like just the, the images that he decides to choose like it's very clear okay that yeah this guy's a this guy's a photographer like because i do feel like i've seen documentaries uh that sort of try to depict sort of people in the street and it's just like it's just like okay <laughs> you know what i mean like you don't get the you don't get the same kind of uh uh power you know what i'm saying just from like because this movie could be on silent truth be told Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if you just muted this movie, and hit play and just watched it, you would still look at the shit. You know what I'm saying? Because he mm -hmm. just he just he definitely has that eye. Like, you know what I'm saying? He has that eye for 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 that he honed, you know, literally in this doing street photography. Uh, uh, but I'm trying to I'm trying to see if I can find the name of his book, Souls Against the Concrete. That's what it's called. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, so yeah, he he put that book, that Souls Against the Concrete photography book out. I think before he started actually deciding to do like any sort of film, film related stuff. And I think his name is not really. He's one of those guys too that seems to be at least from from my understanding is like he's got a name in a certain, in a certain like small circle. You know, right. I mean, um, because like if you ask the average person, I don't think they're gonna really know. You know, you know if you know. You know, Kalik Allah. I don't think a lot. Of, I think that's a small group of people who might that name might click for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like he's that. He's big enough, though. You know what I'm saying? He's big in the circles where, where, where it, it, he's able to get whatever clout he does have. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel. I don't feel like he's he's. To me, it doesn't. I don't see him doing a Marvel movie, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't I don't see him doing no like, you know, which is a good thing, in my opinion. Um, he doesn't seem to me like like he seems like he's trying to is he, he he's a dude who's trying to get get his money and and do his thing. But he doesn't seem like he's like willing to given that he's like, I don't know, he's a five percenter. Um, maybe that's maybe that's part of the reason. Like, I don't know. But he just feels like a, a dude that sort of has his own sort of his own set of principles that like he's not really i don't know maybe maybe if they offered him the money he'd do it but i just <laughs> I, I, let me not speak for the man <laughs> you never know somebody yeah yeah let me not speak for the guy i don't know him like that but you know uh but yeah man it's interesting uh to, to tie back into 
not the documentary, but also to tie into your book. Um, it is interesting because being that like your book takes place in Baltimore and is a very Baltimore centric uh, novel. Um, it's very interesting because I was watching I was watching this movie and I was seeing some of these people. And yeah, yeah, there are a lot of these people are like people that are very much like from Harlem, right? From like, you know, that area, that 125th in Lenox. But yes. like, they're almost like, yo, these people are almost like characters that could be in Ghost of East Baltimore. You just change the accent. You know what I'm saying? You start saying two a little bit differently. And like, you'd be like, okay, this All is right. Baltimore. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, yo, this is kind of, which again, it felt kind of appropriate to have you talk about it too. Because I'm like, because, you know, your book follows a guy who's coming home from from doing a bid. And like, you know, it's just, it's just kind of sh- this journey of him having to report to the halfway house and what happens between him leaving jail and getting to the halfway house. The whole story is kind of told and it goes uh, in places that you would never, <laughs> you would never mm-hmm. think upon, like if you just had a cold reading of Ghost of East Baltimore, like just a cold one, like you didn't read any sort of reviews <coughs> for it, like you would probably think, oh, this is like one thing and then it becomes another, right? Um, and I'll have you speak on that a little bit because I do I do find that a lot very interesting. But um, do you got it? Did you kind of feel that way though a little bit too when you were watching this? Like, yo, these people could kind of be like, because I know you kind of hit on that a little bit where you were like, you know, that conversation is like, these are the type of conversations I hear like, you know, two junkies having like every day. Did you kind of get that sense of like, yo, because it's interesting. I'm not from New York, like, I'm not like I've been to New York, you know, uh, I have people that I know in New York City, um, but I'm not from New York City. But even not being from there, like. Like I know some of these people because these people exist in different, you know, they just the pre- the presentation is somewhat different. You know what I mean? Um, maybe not even the presentation, honestly, just maybe maybe the accents. <laughs> maybe maybe the words the lingo is a little different but i feel like you could go to any city um and around the country uh, and and you will find these people um do you feel like did you feel that way or am i just sort of projecting that onto you <laughs> no nah, nah, i mean you right i ain't gonna hold you like both um in many aspects of my life I have lived and uh, interacted in that environment in not just Baltimore, in DC, I've lived in, and in Oakland, California, West. So yes, the only thing that's different is the accents, in fact, I would implore anybody who watches it to look further. And I will say the slang is even the same because it ain't New York slang they're using. They're using either guy body slang or junkie slang. Straight. Like the other words that they're using, you're going to hear everywhere else. You'll bust me down on that. And then the word for a cigarette might be different, you know? But yeah. You feel so, yeah, everywhere, and you know, in my in my career, both like I'm not talking about like writing like my nine to five over the years, and my less than legal activities have all been like involved in like with with people with this community. You know what I'm saying? So 
Yeah, it's just people. It's just people being people doing the things that they do throughout the day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's now, it's interesting, too, because because uh, the God body slang specifically, right? Like, I feel like uh, <laughs> this is the first this is like one of the first movies that kind of like feels like an extended skit from like a Ghostface album or like a Raekwon album. <laughs> like some shit like, you know, like because it, that was used to be what I liked about like like Woo projects was like the skits a lot of times because because those skits, those kind of street conversations, those kind of street interactions are some shit you only saw in if you were out and about and you just kind of like overheard or participated or whatever. And, and, and those, you know what I'm saying? Like you would hear them type of shit all the time. But then when you started listening to them and they would have those little skits where they'd just be out in the street <laughs> and they'd be talking, but specifically with the God body slang though, because the Wu-Tang is, you know, they're all five percenters and shit. Like you got to see that like, Oh, on a, on a movie in, in a way where you don't, you know, in a documentary, you know, in a way that like it just felt like one long extended <laughs> version in a way of a of some shit that you would see on like only built or hear some shit you would hear on like only built for cuban links or or fucking iron man or some shit like uh <laughs> specifically like you said that argument that we talked about with the uh with the woman and he's trying to like call what did he say he called her again a non-cypher uh <laughs> and by this non-cypher uh sister yeah, yeah. So I thought, you know, I thought that was a. Uh, <laughs> I really that really made me sort of feel like, oh, I don't know. I just it just for some reason I just that really I just like that shit. Like it's just some shit that I feel like doesn't really, you know, uh, it maybe it's just not some things. It's not something that you come across every day when you when you sort of uh, unless unless you literally live you know um in those areas and you're around it you don't come across it in media you know what i'm saying typically it's you know what i mean you don't really come across it that much you did, you, did you was um giving them gifts and bread yeah 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 when he was like giving them food and like yeah and shoes and bread yeah yeah and like he told the one girl, he was like, are you married? She's like, nah, he's like, or she says, yeah. And he's like, look, if you wasn't, I would marry you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he was, he was, you know, he, he was, he was, he was really, he got love from those people because he was giving love. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like he was just out there just being, you know, a dirt bag and trying to, you know, show these people. Uh, he wasn't like somebody doing bum fights or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he wasn't out there just trying to document, you know, the ratchet shit and just, you, uh -huh. know, you know, he he really was trying to look at it from again, from a from a human perspective and, and sort of and again, I guess a part of that is sort of probably his the five percent teachings and sort of his own sort of personal doctrine. Right. Like, I feel like that's a big part of this documentary. Um, I mean, the documentary is not that long. It's only an hour long. But like by the end of it, I felt like like shit this is almost like a a a promotional commercial for the five percent nation <laughs> in some ways you know what i'm saying yeah. in some ways it's like yo get knowledge yourself so you won't be out here fucked up you know but even then like we did see you know some guys who were you know some people who, you know so but but at the same time you, you you're right it was like an advert for for the five percent of nation because like 
that situation with the non-cypher female, mm -hmm. right? Like that could have been so much worse if another 5% of the director was not there. Oh yeah. You feel me? Yeah. That then he went left. It was going left because he would have no reason to still remain civil. You feel yeah. me? Yeah. Cause yeah. And you know so, what, you know, what's interesting yeah. about this movie, uh, I was I, I literally the other day I had a traffic I had a traffic ticket so I went to court real quick um, and I was sitting there and like as as you know I've been in court situations like whether you're going in there for a ticket or elsewise right when you're sitting and you're waiting for them to, to call you up you got to wait until they call you so you get to hear all of the other people's who are before you, you get to hear all the other shit that they threw right and 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 watching this after that having being in court not a couple days ago i'm like yo it kind of felt the same way weirdly enough like because it was just like i was sitting there and i'm waiting like you know i'm here for some traffic shit it's nothing like you know i'm gonna pay my little court costs and be out right but then you got people that before me who was literally they're trying to get bond you know what i'm saying like they're they're like you got people coming from the county like there was a woman in there and she had been in jail and then she went up and like she was there because the judge said you had struck your husband in the mouth with a closed fist in a car. And the husband was there. He was sitting like over from here and he can't, he had came to make her like, he was like, yeah, I want her out. You know, your honor, like get her out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like he had to come to make sure they got her to get his wife out. Right. So they could get an OR bond or whatever to get her out. Right. And that was just, to me, it's like that situation, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's reversed this time, but she, she hit him. And I guess the cops pulled up and they had to take somebody, right? And he didn't hit her, so they took her. But literally, he had to come get his wife out, out, you know, out of jail. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm thinking about that. Like this movie kind of feels that way. There was another, a young, there was a, a, a young, a shorty. Like she was, I mean, she was probably around my age, maybe a little bit younger. But, but she was in there. They was talking about she was in there for burglary. And mm -hmm. like they was like, she uh, you broke into this house and you took all this jewelry and watches and all this stuff. And they were like, you're, you're facing potentially eight years. What do you you know what I mean? Like, now obviously, this isn't this isn't a trial yet, but it's a precursor. But I'm like looking at her like, yo. And I'm like, this is a chick that. I probably went to school with or like this is somebody that like I know so many of her like I know, you know what I'm saying? Like and then like then you just got somebody, some random, you know immigrant dude who just didn't have a license you know what i'm saying he was just driving just didn't have a license went down the wrong side of the road <laughs> you know what i'm saying type of shit and i feel like this movie is is kind of like that it's like being in court <laughs> and you just kind of like uh you just kind of seeing everybody and hearing all of these stories of these people how they got jammed up or or whatever you know what i mean just just uh it's like a it's like a living i feel like living in certain parts of this of 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 the country right or living in certain communities are it's kind of like living i describe it as like living in the lost and found you know what i'm saying you know what i mean like i don't know if that if that's a if that makes sense but it, that, it, to me it does like you know what i mean like you ever been in the like the lost and found section in school and you just come across like all of this shit that like people just lost like you know what i'm saying like all of this shit like i feel that way about like huge huge segments of society where like you know what i'm saying you got sort of the people who are who are like living very comfortable safe 
suburban lives, right? Or living these very privileged, and then you've got like most people who are not there. And then you've got a bigger portion of the population who's on the edge, right? You know what I'm saying? Like are, are, are constantly, and that's, that get, and again, there's a reason why you don't see movies like Field Niggas and stories like this a lot. Because too many of these stories like this are an indictment of the society we live in. You know what I'm saying? They, they're an indictment. So you can't have too many of those because if you have too many of these, then it's a problem because then people are being exposed to sort of like the inherent flaws in our, in our system, the inherent flaws that exist, the things that are like, yo, why is this okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is this cool? Like, why is K2 only sold down here and not sold in the gas stations in the suburbs? Like, why is people getting locked up for this shit? Like, why are people even in positions to be doing some of the shit that these people is doing? That's why you can't have a lot of voices. That's why this, like the ones that the ones that crack through are so important. You know what I'm saying? At least to me, in my opinion, right? Like, that's why they're so important because it's like you're touching at a truth and the truth don't give a fuck. Like the truth don't care if it's convenient or inconvenient to you. The truth is the truth. And I feel like art like this, you know what I'm saying, comes from that place of truth where it's like it doesn't need to it doesn't need to pass a judgment. You know what I'm saying? Not in any sort of way. It just has to show it to you. You know what I'm saying? And in and of itself, just just showing it to you is gonna do what it does. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like it's sad, but it, you know, um, that's the way it's designed, dog. It's designed to box people out. It's, do- it's designed to box out David. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's it, it's 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 uh, 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 those, the guys like Kelby, the guys like you, the guys like like all the motherfuckers who are not willing to adhere to sort of the, the status quo. And like. If you if, if you go against the grain, dog, like if you go against the grain and you ain't got no you ain't got money or sort of people in power and influence backing you, uh, they're going to try to obliterate your ass. You know, like they will try and put it this way. You can cook, right? You can cook for a long time, like on a certain on a certain tier, like you can you can cook. But the moment you start making noise and it starts to get beyond that, like once it starts to reach the sort of the heights where like up in the lofty places where these these people live comfortably, once you start to like make that much noise, then the attention is to you. Right. Then they look your way and then they start to look and they like can we we got we got to either co-op this person we need to get this person some money right to make them join the team or we got to completely destroy this motherfucker <laughs> you know what i'm saying and i feel like uh culturally that's what that's what the i the concept of c- cancel culture comes from it's from that sort of like ethos or that sort of mentality you know what i mean um and i don't know if people i feel like most people engage in it don't really look at it from that you know viewpoint they don't they don't see it that way, but it really is born from some like gatekeepers sort of like keep keeping people in line, keeping certain shit in order. Um, but yeah, that was a big tangent. My bad. <laughs> what, what, what do you think about that, David? <laughs> Man, you know, I know it's important that that. The director probably ain't want nobody to feel he was passing judgment, right? Yeah. yeah. On, on the what he portrayed, the but um, 
the whole situation watching it to me felt stressful right it's stressful it should feel stressful, stressful. to watch mm-hmm. even though it's like a dreamlike slow motion state it should still feel stressful it does mm-hmm. it's important too for people that um are not know nothing about that sort of shit to know that like that's not how the hood is like yeah. right 90 of the time that's what's called an active block like that is an active block. Like that is where people is coming and going, coming and going, coming and going. Shit, shit is either going on or nothing might be going on. But people is out there all hours. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that's an important. That's an important thing to uh, to highlight is that you're right that, that that's not a depiction of the in, the community or the hood in in, in its entirety, right? Like right. this is, like you said, that is where it's jumping at. That's where that's where it's active. Like that's where you see a lot of shit go down. Um, because for the most part, people are living regular lives. There's even a few characters like I got a house. I just be out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They think I'm homeless, but I'm not. Like I I got a house. You know. Um. Uh. And and I you know maybe that's Cap. Maybe he didn't. But but maybe he did. Like I could see it both ways. I could literally see. Cause I know people that'll just be on, just be where it is because that's where shit's going down and then they go back home. You know what I'm saying? And then you got people that don't got that option, right? Like a lot of those, a lot of these people didn't have that option. You know, a lot of these people were out there as like, cause they was out there, you know what I mean? Like that's where their life led them to for whatever, for one reason or another. And they really out there, but the majority of people, yeah, you, you right. Like they just live in their lives. You know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't, it ain't always what it, what they like to put out there, you know, like as if, as if somehow like it's a constant state of, of chaos necessarily. Um, but in those particular areas, those active blocks, mm. it is like chaos 24 seven. Right. And right. And yeah. So like, but it's important to know that too, because too often people treat the city as if it's some wars war zone. I know, especially with Baltimore, people like watch the wire and they don't <laughs> the even... wires. The wire is a big reason for that too, by the way. They don't give y'all no credit. <laughs> they don't want to come because and uh, but let me tell you, right? Like Baltimore has a Baltimore Museum of Art. Mm-hmm. It has Bell's Point, it has the Inner Harbor. It has uh, um, Canton. It has a lot of nice parks. You know what I'm saying? It's got the Silver Harbor Readham. It's got some some nice shit. You feel me? But the thing is, right, like if everybody only see movies like this one or The Wire, they'll be like, oh, no, and they never going to cross the city line. And that's bad, though, for tourism because people need to come into the city and go to the Baltimore Museum of Art and go to the aquarium downtown, you feel me? And they need to spend money down there because that helps the the city, you feel me? So anybody listening or watching, you know, not every city is, every block is like that. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. I know that, I'm talking to anybody listening, I don't know, you know, Man, I got some overseas listeners, man. They, they, they might, you know, they think America. You know how they think we are, man. Yeah, you know that's, yeah, that's that's true. It is. It is one of those things that it's kind of like, it's almost like you have to sort of like, 
point that out like hey you know yeah we talking about this but it ain't this isn't <laughs> this is a specific area this is a specific a specific spot of a certain area like it's not this isn't in, this isn't the whole community like that is important because a lot of times you're right stuff like this gets uh out there in the world and people just yeah. be like well this is just all of this is it. This is how everyone lives. <laughs> it's like, no, like these are people who are in very specific situations, like very you're talking about people that are on like are really living life uh, on the margins. Like, you know, what I mean, to a degree where it's like <clears throat> they out in the street, like they don't have, you know, they don't have resources. You know what I mean? They don't have, you know, like they really out there or if they do, they might be like you said, they might be just people on drugs. That's just so far out. That the people that do they do love and care about them you know they might have plenty of people trying to help them you don't get to see them people though you know what i'm saying you don't know those people's stories to that degree right like you know there's a lot of people i know shit i know so many shit i just think about how the, how like the midwest has been affected by sort of like the opioid epidemic that they want to call it you know what i'm saying but i look at shit it's more it's more suburban fucking middle class or upper middle class people that I that I know who are fucking out there because of that shit than anybody. I uh, you know what I'm saying? Which kind of which, which is kind of why uh it's kind of why I feel like it's treated differently. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not treated like they they treated like you know the crack epidemic, right? Um oh. they they're treated very differently now. The the attitudes about people being on like you know fentanyl, you know fentanyl and all that shit like they they treat it really differently because it's it's affecting so many other people. You know what I'm saying? It's not just affecting black people in the cities and inner cities and shit. It's like it's everywhere. It's, it's right. ev motherfuckers just, you know, I've I've seen so many people just be straight up fiends, just you know what I'm saying? Like on some boxing, just walking around like like yo, do you <laughs> do you have um speaking of that, do y'all got signs, suboxone signs all over y'all area? <laughs> Um, I don't I wouldn't say it's all over. I feel like you would you you will see them in certain areas. In certain areas uh, you will see them. Yeah, yeah. But like they're not everywhere, but in certain areas, yeah. And I feel like uh you know, my I, I researched this, I looked it up, yo. You know there are eight methadone clinics within a five mile five block radius. Of that uh, 125th and uh, Lexington. I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised to hear that. <laughs> you know what it, I'm saying? Yeah. Tell you, let me tell you why that's wild, right? Because somebody in the in the movie was like, this whole shit, just the government scamming the government, right? Mm -hmm. And yo, that's true. The government in there making money off all them people selling fucking methadone to everybody in that area. Mm -hmm. And then... Well, oh, people, don't, people don't understand it too like shit the reason that there's so many people hooked on like fucking you know heroin and shit is because of all the legal fucking heroin that people was doing before that all the fucking oxycontins and all that shit like they created the fucking they created the fiends dog you know what i'm saying like so it, it became it became a thing when they started to crack down on that shit then people just went and got heroin you know what I'm saying? Because it was easier to access and cheaper. Like, you know what I mean? Once they stopped doing them Florida, you remember when people used to go down to Florida to them pain clinics or whatever the hell them shit used to be called? Mm -hmm. And you just go get 600 pills or some shit? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's really fucking, it is a scheme. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it is a, the, the government is really making making money off of this shit. Uh, they're invested in sort of people being hooked on this shit. Uh, big pharma for sure. You know what I'm saying? Is is profiting off of this shit. Like like you said, like how many people we know just tangentially. Right. Just like people, whether you close to your life or friends of a friend or friends directly. Like, I feel like everybody I know knows people that got people in their family on some you know, on heroin or or some kind of fucking opioid, something like I feel like that's just you know what I mean. Like I see, like I know people who have died off of that shit. I've known people like who are still on that shit or in and out of jail, in and out of you know. I got family members in and out of jail for that dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of sad because you just be like, you just know like they're not gonna stop. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you just know it. Like you just it's like they're not gonna stop. Uh. Yeah, yeah. And that's a part of that's a part of uh that's a part of society that gets brushed under the rug, you know what I'm saying? That kind of people just want to look the other way. And shit like this doesn't do that. It doesn't look away. You know what I'm saying? It looks straight at it. Like, you know, um, which makes it again, like you said, it makes it important. Um now to talk a little bit about uh your work again, right? What's interesting I thought about uh your work and about you right is is it's like when you read this book it's like okay david is clearly a writer from from baltimore right and he's clearly uh acquainted with certain aspects of society right but david is also kind of uh he's more he's sneakily he's sneakily and not even that sneakily honestly because i feel like it's overt in a lot of ways but David is sneakily into all different kind of shit. And it shows in the, in your book. Like, it's like when you got motherfuckers jumping in mech suits and fucking referencing like fucking Cthulhu type shit. Like, it's like, okay, like, Dave, like David's really tapped into other shit. Uh, and he's kind of like using, uh, he's like laundering that shit in. So like, I feel like the average person that you know from Baltimore, right? Who reads this book, you're probably exposing them to shit that they had no that they don't really know about. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like where, where it's like, it feels like, is that intentional? Is that some shit you did like on purpose? Like, is it like, yo, I'm gonna add all these extra elements, these sort of out there kind of things uh, about stuff that I'm interested in that I kind of know about. And like, in a way, the people that do read this, they pick up this book and they think like, oh, this is, this is from a guy from where I'm from. I'm going to sneak in all this other shit. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? That, that gives them sort of like, that kind of like hips them to some shit that they probably wouldn't have been hip to before. You know what I mean? Did you do that on purpose? Or, or is that just some shit you just kind of like organically just did? Like, fuck it. <laughs> man, you know, <laughs> man, there's a lot. I mean, hey, I tell you like this, yo, like, I, I feel like I know the most gangster motherfucker in the world, right? My man. Yeah. And his favorite movie is Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you so, right, you right, you, you, you never, right. You never know what he loved Dragon Ball Z. Z yeah, yeah. So, now, I, I've had you, this conversation before. I've had this conversation before with people about like, uh, obviously, I had it with the Broken River guys, but but which you're a part of, but but you're right. Like, black people really do be. Uh, into anime for real like you know what I'm saying like and like all kind of shit like you know what I mean like like you said like uh, 
Yeah, you know, that is so so maybe I'm maybe I'm being a little bit closed minded in my own on my own way because because I do feel like I do know a lot of people who sort of like if you judge them based on sort of their sort of uh, if you judge them by just their their appearance, right? Like if you judge them based on sort of a casual interaction, you would think, okay, like this guy is this way, like, and but then when you really know him, you find out, oh, like he's in, they into this weird shit. They own little weird shit. They own little shit that you just wouldn't expect. I feel like that's just a human thing, though, right? Like I feel like you know it's easy to, for us to sort of pe- put every put everyone put each other in little boxes, right? Um, but that being said, I feel like a book like yours is is one that's like embracing the fact that it can't be boxed in. You know what I'm right. saying? Where, so, where, where typically you wouldn't get that. Like if you were reading, like if you read like a Donald Goins novel, which, you know, I fuck with Donald Goins. Like he's not, he's not trying to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? He's like, no, this is a very specific thing. I'm speaking to a very specific, you know, worldview. And I'm, this is the type of story I'm telling. Where, where, where you're, it seems like you're like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go where I feel like going. And 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 if y'all want to come, come. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it feels like to me. I just, I just, um, I just like different shit. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it, it was the, I'd say what was, um, what would be intentional mm-hmm. was, um, for my portrayal of Baltimore mm-hmm. to be both accurate in its history and dialogue, that that was intentional and important. But as far as like being like, yo, I'ma introduce, um, I'ma introduce people who don't who don't. I mean, it was kind of like a little trick because you know it don't start getting supernatural or whatever yeah. till like way through the book or whatever. So. It's like I did want to get people with like a ha ha, but like you know, most of that book for real is just like um, conversations with my cousin who's going through his residency right at yeah. the hospital, right? So he be seeing all types of body horror type shit. So I just be like, you know, whoa, that's fucking wild. Let me figure out how I'm gonna write about that, and then Baltimore. You feel me? Yeah, and then, yeah. and basically, I guess I would say, I'll be honest. You know, David Osborne, J. David Osborne. He um he wrote a book, a collection of short stories. Our blood and circuit, it's circuits, right? Our blood and all the circuits. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, circuit. Yeah. I had never spoken to my. It was before I ever met him, right? Mm-hmm. I read it, and he had this story in there. That was about a um a narco uh detective, right? Yeah. And um then just like midway to the end of, of the story, it just goes supernatural mm-hmm. for no reason, no explanation. It just it just does it. It doesn't acknowledge it. It just continues on as if that's just the way it is. So I'll say that was the inspiration to be like, oh, you can write about dope boys. And then drug dealers and mech suits and shit. You feel me? Like you can do that. I ain't even know because, like I told you, I'm new to this literary world or whatever. So, like, all I knew was like Donald Goins and like you know Brian Evanson and people like that. 
Murakami and Palinek and people like, you know, just whatever I got my hands on that I like. You feel me? So then I read some of the Broken River guys and they just threw in supernatural shit that I just didn't know you could do it. So yeah, yeah. I decided I could. And, you know, um, David talk, told me something, too. Um, writing's cool because you ain't got a budget. You right. ain't got to worry about how much is it going to cost to put a drug dealer in a mech suit fighting mm-hmm. against Zulu type monster or whatever. Right. You ain't yeah. Yeah. That's the oh, one what? thing I've always that's the one thing that I've always liked about fiction, because me dabbling in screenwriting and shit. There's always the expectation of like, how is this physically going to be you able to do this? Like in, in fiction, you ain't got to worry about that shit at all. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's there. It's the book. Like it's, it's you know, it's all up here. So it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, like I can make whatever I want. Um, and that is the one thing that I feel like that is the one thing that is unique to fiction, like in a way that like this other shit, because every other sort of form of art, you got to, even if you're painting, like, you know what I'm saying? Or drawing, right? Like, imagine, like, drawing a lot. That's a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of work to write. Let me not say it's not, but but, but there's a different, like, there's a different approach. You do not really worry too much about, like, time and budget. You know, you don't worry about that type of shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because it's all, it's, it's whatever you feel like, whatever you can imagine, it is the thing. Like, if you're going to fucking paint a giant mural, you got to think about, like, damn, I got to buy the paint. You know, I got to. I got to, you know, how long is it going to take me? Like, I got to get the colors and, you know, that's a whole process. It's like, if I just write a scene, it's done. Like, you know what I'm saying? Unless I'm doing a movie and then I got to think, oh, if I write this and how are they going to physically be able to do that? Like, you do not have to worry about those limitations when it comes to fiction. Um, it is the one thing about it that it does make it sort of, it is the ultimate form of writing. You know what I'm saying? Like it is. There is no sort of equivalent when it comes to writing. It's like there is that and then there's everything else below it. Um, And you're right. Like, I feel like those type of stories, uh, they're appealing for the very reasons that you just, you know, said, which is, yeah, I could just do it. Like, why? Because I just want to do it. (laughs) We decided at this point. Yeah, there's a monster now. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Or yeah, it's magic now all of a sudden. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't gotta explain it. We ain't gotta like so yeah, it's, I've always appreciated the sort of uh writers who who would have the uh sort of a the uh it's weird to call it brave because it's like but it does feel brave to do that, like because so many people who write now are always trying to write with this idea of uh, their auditioning to be sort of uh playing in a certain league you know what i mean like it feels like they're always auditioning to be on new york times list of authors as opposed to like no dog you don't have any you don't have any eyes on you at this point so like why are you even trying to to compete like that like you can compete in your own way which is by doing shit they would never do by you know what i'm saying by doing whatever the hell you feel like like in a way that's your that's that's your secret weapon that's your that's what you can do that they can't do you know what i mean because they're they they have the manacles you know on their because they they are there's a certain expectation that they have now because they're a bigger name and they they're with a certain publisher or whatever uh that is the sort of that is the devil's bargain that you kind of make when you're 
in any sort of art, right? Like when you get big enough and they start to throw you the bread and now you're a known entity, now you're a commodity, now you got an audience that you must service. Now you feel the pressure of, of, of whatever lane that you've carved out for yourself. You know what I'm saying? So like if you're, and that's a, that's a champagne problem, right? Like that's a good problem to have in some regard, but why put yourself in a box early when you ain't even there yet? You know what I'm saying? Like cross that bridge when you come to it. Cause right now, if you went out one of those big guys, why wouldn't you just do whatever the hell you want? Why wouldn't you just take big swings and just be like, no, nah, I'm going to do this. Cause I feel like it. Uh, because if you didn't guess what, at that point, you know, you're got the freedom to do so. And if you catch, fire you know what i'm saying and you build a, a an audience you know um then maybe maybe you set the expectations at that point right as opposed to someone else like maybe if you set the expectations early on like i'll do whatever i want then and you get successful doing that then you can always do whatever you want like don't put yourself in any sort of box you know and that's what i uh that's what i dug about uh, about uh ghost of east baltimore i definitely felt like that's what i dig about most of the stuff that comes out of broken river it seems like like uh they just don't really give a fuck about like anything but just telling the story right you know what i'm saying anything about just doing the thing that they do like don't try to be you know insert a famous writer name don't don't do that <laughs> you know what i'm saying like don't don't fall into that trap uh uh, and me, me personally, just just in my opinion, like having lived in Los Angeles, having, you know, worked in this screenwriting thing for a minute, um, having working relationships with 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 people in the industry who are, you know, doing these sort of big kind of like franchise, you know, kind of like box office you know, fairly predictable movies, you know, that make a certain amount of money. Like, I, uh, the more I got close to that, the more I pushed away from that. You know what I mean? Like, every time I've brushed up, like, against that, I've always been like, oh, like, I don't want this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I want this, but I want it on my own terms. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not somebody who, who I've took the sort of, uh, not to turn it into about me, but but, you know, I feel like this is a, a conversation that I'm always coming back to because I feel like anybody that's listening to this podcast specifically is probably coming from the sort of kind of similar headspace, which is like somebody who's like interested in not only art, but like sort of, you know, creating shit on their own and sort of fighting those battles and whatever battles those look, whatever battles those are and however those battles look. Right. And, and I just always relate to my own sort of experience, you know, which is kind of like there's certain kind of people right there's certain kind of people who 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 are in this because this is just who they are right like this is just part of who you are you're you're an artist you're a creator you're whatever and this is just what you do like you know and then there's motherfuckers who are in this for the all the wrong reasons you know what i'm saying um and then there's people who who say they got your best interest right but truthfully they really don't because they not like you. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't really understand you. You know what I mean? Like, they don't understand a guy like David Simmons, right? Like, you know, like only David are people 
people who 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 have a similar sort of uh spirit or sort of impulse to create kind of can relate to someone like yourself right you know what i mean because there are people who say they like it's interesting and, and maybe this is my this is this is this is not unique to screenwriting because it exists in the literary world for sure uh fucking it's like invasion of the body snatchers or some shit you're a pod person and like i have to identify if you're really who you say you are are you just one, like you know it's like one of you know like what's the what's the uh what's the movie is it the fucking circus freak movie the fucking one of us one of us freaks i think that's what it is we accept a one of us we accept a one of us gooba gobble gooba gobble we accept her we accept her gooba gobble gooba gobble one of us like anytime i meet somebody who says they write or something i'm looking at this motherfucker like is you really one of us or are you like one of these other pod people motherfuckers because there's a lot of them and some of these pod people are really successful too. <laughs> like you'd be like, oh shit, like this somebody you like I've met people who I've like I thought was like, oh, like, yeah, I know this guy. He's a famous, famous writer. And then I'm like, oh shit, I have interaction. I'm like, oh shit, he not really one of us. Like he's a pretender. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah, yeah. So it's no, it's not, it's not a, it's it's no, it's no surprise that that you're like the fourth broken river person I've had on this podcast. You know what I mean? It's no surprise. Like, uh, because, yeah, yeah. Because it's like one of those things where I'm like, yeah. And like, it, and I, and I feel like for you, right. And you, I'll let you speak for yourself. Cause you would know, cause it's you. Right. I feel like for you, you seem like somebody who's just like, yo, I'm just, I just like to write. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that, like there's a purity sort of that it that when it comes to like you specifically and why you why you write and like how you write and how you go about it that like uh this kind of like divorced from the sort of fuckery <laughs> that like you uh uh find a lot of people engaged in in this kind of world um would you agree <laughs> i mean you know i the this the people in I guess this literary world whatever like yeah. they've all been like really nice to me. Yeah, I, they do some weird shit sometimes on social media, but well, like see, but see that's the trick. See what you just said right there. That's the trick. That's how they get you. They are nice. They're all like that. They are nice. But the thing is the thing is they mm -hmm. don't never do no fuck shit to me. I right. haven't had right. Shit happened yet i just hear about it happening to other people people getting their books pulled because of this or that or not getting paid or this or that mm. i ain't never had nothing like that happen even the people who i have heard fuck shit about have been like you said cool to me mm. now in the literary world too my favorite authors of all time i've spoken with and they've like for real on some fan shit, bro. I wasn't writing till like two uh two years ago. Right in the uh right in the pandemic. I just started writing in my phone and then I sent it to my girl who's my wife now. Well, she was my wife then. I sent it to my, my wife. I was like, um, yo, she was like, you should send it out. I send it out. Somebody gave me some money for it. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. That's what happened with me as far as writing. I was like, yo, they gonna buy my shit for what I say. And I ain't even gotta be out there in the streets or I ain't gonna be on the stage like a rapper. 
yeah, 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 yeah. Do that. Yeah. I ain't got out on the streets to to get that money or nothing like that. I just got right, and so the shit. So <clears throat> I would say, in the but the thing is, in the literary world, these people, they um, they do say some weird things on <laughs> on media. That I'm not really familiar with. Like, it's weird, bro. It's, I don't know, because it's weird. It's like, it's like, are they not worried about getting punched in the mouth? They not. At, they not. I'm what? telling you, they not worried about it because they don't, they don't live in those. They don't, they're not, they don't live in that world. It's totally different, right? So, oh, like, and you're right. You're right, though. Like, they talk a certain kind of way. Right. And you can just kind of tell like, oh, like you're never yeah, you don't ever <laughs> like you 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 never were think about that's not a that's not like they don't make that calculus like ever. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like it kind of speaks to sort of like they're where they're from. I mean, some of those guys, some of those guys maybe, maybe they maybe they kind of know that. Some of them don't, but but it's just very interesting. Um, and like you said, I have a lot of people who've never done no no shit to me, but but I know what they've done to other people. I've heard shit, right? And I right. do have I do have some people who who I've had issues with uh and I don't really have a lot of I don't even I, it's it's funny to call it beef cuz that's like it's not beef. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like like beef is like, you know, like it's like, you know, it's like when you're worried about your family members and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't no shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? It ain't nothing like that. Like, it, it, but you know, like, I feel like you have disagreements with people, uh, in, in, in these, in these spaces, right. You have like people that like act outraged about everything and, and sort of make everything. But I have not had a disagreement or a disrespect. With anybody yet? Like I said, I've only been involved in this sphere for yeah, two a couple years. Yeah, yeah. right. But yeah. I have anything for me. Mostly, mm-hmm. I just sit there, right? Yeah, and I looking and being like, "Hmm, that's a strange <laughs> for a grown individual to say in a yeah. public." Yeah. I've only and- had issues. I'm gonna say this. I've only had real world issues. It, it started with money. It started, oh, yeah. it started with makes- money. When you talk about money, right? And it's like, no, no, no. We have a contract and you doing weird shit with money and we disagree. That's when, like, that's the only issues I've ever had has been that shit. Like, you know what I mean? Where it's been like, nah, we working together. I'm getting, you paying me money and then shit go left or somebody, you know, some, some shit ain't honored the way it's supposed to or, you know, stuff like that. That's, that's, and the handful of times that I've had issues has always been centered with, with the money shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and and people, you know what I'm saying? Like where it's never been nothing like, you know, somebody said some silly internet shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It ain't never been, it's been about money because I don't really have time to to care about that shit. Like I feel like, I feel like, like who has time to give a fuck about? I mean, clearly people do, but I, I but I, I don't. <laughs> I speak for myself. I don't have time to really care too much about that, that kind of shit. Like, you know, got, fucking kids to feed and shit like that you know what i'm saying i got i got ambitions still and shit you know what i'm saying i got i got uh goals that i want to do and things i want to make and 
like I don't really have time to be I pay attention to everything. I see everything. You know what I'm saying? But but I don't a lot of shit. I just it's to me. I just if I can't make a joke about it, then I just don't even bother. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll make I'll see some shit. I'll I'll engage in that level. Like uh, that you just you see that what just happened with Kanye? Okay, make a little joke about it. Keep it moving. I don't really I don't really got time for that shit. I don't. I feel I feel like I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm at an age in my life where like. I'm supposed to be grown and I am grown, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so like, I have to carry myself a certain way. Uh, I have to remind myself to carry myself a certain way, but also I have to, I have, I have to remind myself that, yo, in 20 years, you're going to be a hell of a lot closer to being, if you're lucky, if you're fortunate, you know, 20 years, is a, that's a, that's a long time. But if you're around in 20 years, you're going to be a hell of a lot closer to, to being dead or old as fuck <laughs> than you were 20 years ago or 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if it ain't about what it is I'm on, then I'm just fucking like, I just on to the next shit. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think that, uh, that's a good, that's a good moment. That's a good, a good point to end this on. Uh, David, it's good to chop it up with you. Uh, it's good to finally have you on. Um, feel free to feel free to plug right here. This is always the moment I tell people to plug whatever they got going on. Um, that I can I can definitely say, pick up uh, pick up David's book, Ghost of East Baltimore. Um, there's not many books out there uh, like like his book. I promise you. Um, but David, uh, outside for me plugging, feel free to plug whatever you want to plug whatever uh whatever things you want to point people's eyes to uh the floor is yours <laughs> yo thank you you plugged my book really good i pre- appreciate you for that bro and <laughs> um, thank you for having me on the show um like you said ghost of east baltimore it's on amazon um locally it's at Okay, I'm going to try to remember all this, okay? It's at Winchester Bookstore in Virginia. It's at Urban Reads in East Baltimore. Um, It's at A Novel Idea in Philadelphia. It's at Narberth Bookstore in Narberth. I'm just letting y'all know the stores are saying because I just need y'all to know I'll really be out here in the street. (laughs) Yeah, tell them all the stores. Yeah, shit. Stores, you feel me? Yeah, yeah. All city books in Washington D.C. Um, I'm in Kensington Road Bookstore in Kensington, Maryland, and um, actually, my wife and my daughter and I were taking a trip this weekend to check out some more independent stores. Put it in, and if you follow me on my social media, which on Twitter is Whole Time David, and on uh, Instagram is Top Dog Hill. That's T-O-P-P-D-O-G-G-H-I-L-L. You can link up with me and see what me and my family are doing. See how beautiful Baltimore is. Yeah, you got David's got some wholesome, some wholesome content with the family posting the beautiful family pics. Uh, Those are always good to see. I always love seeing that type that type of shit. There's not enough of that shit. (laughs) I feel like people be posting a lot of bullshit. (laughs) I'm always like, okay, like post. Yeah, I like when people post post a you know family shit so definitely do that it's definitely not it's definitely a, a counter to 
to to to the book for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely some some different energy, but but it's good. It's needed. It's it's needed. It's that balance, right? It's that balance. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, man. As always, uh, uh, thanks again for coming on. And I don't know how to end podcast, so I just yeah. I just end them. So it's over. Uh, I <laughs> Uh, uh, Way back in grade school, I was a baby bully. Now I sit down with the label, I'm like 80 20. Before I ever bought a Mary, it was gray hoodies. For every nigga, every bitch said I can't or couldn't. Pussy, listen, better think about what you saying to me. My little cousin, them in traffic with like eight bullies. For real, they gon' kill, blood spill, and take a pill. I knew I'd make a meal, and since I was lil I'm on defense with my steel, but I like to drill Wake up, work, and pay my bills, but I like to chill I just bought another GT Coupe, that's the lil one I watch Disney on the TV too, with my lil one When you call me, I might fall through, cause I'm a real one Fuck these rappers, cause they all fool, I don't feel them My lil' ho, she know a hundred tricks, like Matilda And on my strip, we took over shit, like the Pilgrim Nigga? Yeah, I jumped in this shit just to cause some terror I'm not from the blogger era Park my coupe by the truck that start up when I'm walking near it The FBI try to make me a target just off of lyrics I look and see a bunch of me's, this shit must be a wall of mirrors I'm talking serious, Mr. Pyrex man, I'm an arsonist period Facts, as far as stats go, I should be all American But I thought the streets was cool, I was falling asleep in school I made white float on water just like the Norwegian cruise I ain't that patient with these hoes, shit like this be new to her She only see niggas like me on TV or Google search Fuck a broke bitch, and she gon' front like you using her I fuck one more time, then cut her off before she do it first This spot, I had to take it, rappers and they imaginations I really got plugs, drugs, and travel agents since way back, them felony charges been aggravated. Anybody who crossed gang got a suit in the casket waiting. Ah, yeah, it's the butcher. Swear, we really like that. Really like that. A vampire, but I'm blade, I got a different thirst. Couple million niggas made, bitch, I did it first. Couple ops came trim, then we did them worse. This my block, you get some clout, then you get a shirt. I'm really ham, I did the lamb, I didn't did the vert. My bitch at every different whip, every different purse. My click at every different road. AP is crazy. I play the streets, I'm like Nietzsche and Jay-Z. I played the game ways deep. You know this gangster shit ain't cheap. I had a shootout, then I made a quarter million in the same week. I'm at odds with a nigga I love, so we can't speak. That's my nigga, but I'm on with it, y'all, cause I ain't sweet. Just take me for example, look what this shit made me Be careful what you wish for, cause the paper don't change grief Yeah, so where Cali was swerving, land behind the turbo They think I went commercial, these killers in my circle 